download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Banks, St Sampson's in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. a Bible uh, with you if you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 28 that'd be great okay I want to uh, share a little bit today um, about about an area of missions that um, is really close to my heart and um, as a church we are we are a part of and that we're involved in and I'll come to that in a little bit in a moment but um, I just want to first of all begin here in, in Matthew chapter 28 verse 16 um, we'll take it from here this is a well-known passage it's the Great Commission. Okay, Jesus' um, words to us before he uh, went to heaven. It says this, that the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make a disciple of disciples even, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's just pray before I speak. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that every time we come to your word, It can reveal something new to us, something fresh to us. Today, Lord, I pray that your word would be revealed again to our hearts and to our minds. Lord, I pray that we would be able to see you today, that we would see your heartbeat, that we would see your desire reflected through your word. And Lord, I pray that it would take a hold of us, that it would change us that it would challenge us and shape us today. Amen. Jesus was an everything person. When he walked the earth, he was an everything person. Jesus gave himself 100%, absolutely, completely devoted to us, wasn't he? Absolutely. Jesus was committed. He gave everything of himself for me and for you. Completely, completely devoted. Isn't it amazing to think we have a God who is absolutely 100% devoted to us? Little me, little ordinary me. And he watches and he is concerned with everything about us. It's amazing. And this passage that I've just read calls us, as followers of Jesus Christ, to be everything people. 
calling us to be people who obey everything. There's a line there that says, go and make disciples, but teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. You can't really escape that word. Not teach them to obey some of the things that I've commanded, but all the things, everything. And sometimes people, you might have had this yourself, people will say to you, oh, that's a little bit much, isn't it? To have a Christianity, to have a faith that is completely devoted, completely committed. That's a bit fanatical. Yeah, that's just too much. It's going a little bit far. Surely a little bit of this commitment, that's, that's enough. That's okay. But actually, when I read this passage, I see that we are to be people that are called to obey everything that God has commanded. I wonder if I asked us that question today, are we everything people? And what type of message are we proclaiming to people? To people we work with, people we spend time with, in our families, in our homes, wherever we are, how do we present the gospel? Because that's what really matters, isn't it? What happens outside of this building? how we present and proclaim the gospel to other people. What kind of Christianity do we advertise? Do we advertise an everything, completely devoted, 100% committed Christianity? Is that the message that people would get from our lives? Because there is a Christianity that is sold. There is a faith that is declared, and it goes like this. It's come to Jesus because he'll fix all your problems. And come to Jesus because he'll give you everything that you need. And the problem with that type of Christianity, well, is that that doesn't happen because I'm a Christian and not all my problems have been fixed and I don't have everything I need. And actually life's difficult at times and it's not all plain sailing And I don't feel great every day. And so actually that Christianity sometimes that we can sell and that we can offer that, oh, it'll all be okay because Jesus is amazing and he will do everything for you, is perhaps the wrong Christianity. And it's when people buy into that Christianity that actually years later things don't go so well. Sometimes we go to meetings, don't we? And and it's the gospel messages presented. And I've been in many of these meetings and led them myself even, where you kind of do do a message and then you say, and then anybody who wants to be a Christian, every eye is closed, just raise your hand. And it's just between God and you and the preacher. Kind of let's have a wink and a nudge for Jesus. Thumbs up. But you know what? That's an easy Christianity. That's an easy Christianity. Rather than a Christianity that says, I'm going to stand up and be 100% devoted to this faith and to this cause and to this reason. I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. I'm not just going to raise my hand, give a wink. Oh, I'm in. It's easy to go to church, to do the stuff week by week. But I don't want an easy Christianity. 
And I don't think this church wants an easy Christianity. Say a little prayer. It'll all be okay. Make the gospel easy. Rather than saying, will you carry an everything gospel? An everything gospel. A devoted to everything that God has commanded us to do and to be. 100%. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing. The easiest place sometimes, well, actually, most of the time, to be 100% devoted is here on a Sunday morning. Because it's good here in the presence of God with each other. That's good. But when we get out into the workplace tomorrow, I struggle. I struggle there to be 100% committed when I'm talking to my friends, when I'm out doing my life. It's not easy to be an everything Christian. It's not easy. But will we be committed to trying to be those everything people? Not presenting an easy, quick fix Christianity, but an everything Christianity. You know, somehow the church for a long time, for years and years, has been weak. I don't mean this church, I mean the church, nationwide. It's been weak. And you know what? I don't blame people who are sat in the churches every week. I blame us, the preachers, half the time. (laughs) Myself. Because so often a gospel is presented that is, it'll all be okay. Jesus will fix it. And it's good and it's, and it's great and, and we feel warm and we feel fuzzy and we get that feeling, you know, of Jesus being our buddy and being our friend. And Jesus is our friend, absolutely, 100%. Jesus is the closest friend I have. I'm not denying that. But sometimes we present a God who is meek, who is mild. And a pat on the back, encouragement in Christianity And I read this passage, and I see something different. I see it's an everything. Give your life to Jesus, and it will cost you everything. 100% committed. And it won't be easy. I think we can all testify to that. Christianity is not based upon our feelings, thank God. I feel good, I feel warm, I feel Jesus is close to me. Actually, Christianity is a battle. It's a battle constantly between the spirit and the flesh. And I would think, like me, you know, that constant battle in our lives, in our day-to-day lives, of of obedience and submission. Not perfection, don't get me wrong, none of us are perfect. Perfect. But a Christianity where we're willing to be transformed, willing to give our all, we have a cause and we have a reason for living. God has called us and set us apart. We're not in it for what we can get, but being incarnate within our culture, but different, set apart. But being in it, right in it. Right in the culture, right in the workplace, right wherever we are, but different. And this Christianity that we follow, 
This Christianity is commanded for us to be an active service because God has come and God has given us a purpose and he's completely transformed us, completely. He's turned us around. You know, the work of God in your life is incredible. The work of God in our lives is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. And we're not perfect. I don't think anyone would have a claim for us to be perfect. There's still stuff in our life that God has to work through and work on. But still, God's work is amazing. Going on in our life to transform us, to change us. And we have a cause and we have a reason. And Christianity is a reason for living but it's commanded, it's active service, devoted. Our gospel is not come to Jesus, all will be well. And you'll have a constant warm feeling in your life. When was that ever the deal? When was that ever the deal? And the problem is, so often we've sold it like that. Because we're so out of good intention, so desperate for people to know God... But signing up to Christianity was never meant to make all things good. It wasn't. I read my Bible and I don't see that. I don't see people who follow Jesus having wonderful, amazing, brilliant, fantastic, everything they need lives. Unfortunately. (laughs) You know, John Wesley knew what it was to sign up to Christianity. And when he had stones hurled at him for speaking the message, he had dead cats hurled at him. Imagine that on the street. Charles Finney, he was a great revivalist, if any of you know of him. But he knew what it, was, what it meant to sign up to Christianity when people decided to burn effigies of him in the street. And when we decided to give it all to God, and when we decided to say, yeah, I'm going to surrender my life, it was never meant for the faint-hearted because it demands everything it demands everything not for what we can get from God not God bless me but what can I give God what can I give not in it because everything will be nice Christianity is not always a nice Christianity that we're part of not nice I remember being at primary school and my teacher said to me We're not allowed to use the word nice. Nice is an awful word. We can't use nice. Just went in my head. But we're not. We're not part of a nice Christianity always. You know what? It's not going to be long, and and some of you will hate me for saying this, but it won't be long till we are gathered here singing Christmas carols, will it? It's coming upon us. Christmas is around the corner. And don't get me wrong, I am an app absolute lover of Christmas carol services. I love them. I am such a traditionalist at heart, actually. If I could bring in the smells and bells, I would. <laughs> I, I, I actually really like all that, uh, you know, pews and everything. I really love it. I, I do. So I love a carol service. I love the old lighting of the candles or whatever we do. But it is funny. It does make me laugh singing carols. Because half the time we don't know what we're singing, do we? Really? Well, what are these words? <laughs> and once in Royal David City is a nice one. That's a good carol. Oh, yeah, lots of 
Dusty singing in that one. Brilliant. But look at one of these lines. It says this. Christian children all must be mild, obedient, good as he. If I was savvy as a child, which I wasn't really, but if I had been, I would have used this against my parents and said, actually, where in the Bible does it say that Jesus was mild? Where in the Bible does it say that Jesus was mild? When we sing that this year, I want you to change that word to severe. Okay? Don't really, because it will, it will absolutely spoil the flow of the carol service and we'll all be everywhere. But just think on that, okay? Because Jesus, when you read his life in the Bible, was anything but mild and meek. He was severe and offensive and actually what we might say quite rude. It says that Jesus began to denounce the towns because they did not repent. He said, woe to you. Woe to you. Imagine Jesus coming here. Woe to you, Guernsey, you unrepentant place. He said it as it was. He didn't hold back. He didn't care about offending people. He said it as it was. He wasn't meek and mild. He was slightly offensive. It says Jesus came to bring fire in Luke. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. He came to shake religion. He came and he caused offence. He went into the temple absolutely enraged and angry at what was going on. Let's read that passage a moment when Jesus clears those temple courts. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem and in the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords. Jesus made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Imagine me coming in with a whip of cords. That'd be interesting, eh? Shake everyone up. Hardly, hardly a meek and mild Jesus no, no, a Jesus who gets angry. A Jesus who gets enraged by what he sees. He drives out the religious people. And he is talking to the religious people. Jesus does not treat sinners like this in the Bible. He wasn't talking to the sinners. I mean, they were in the sense that we're all sinners. But he was talking to the religious people, the people that went to the temple, the people that prayed, the people that had thought they had it all sorted with God. Those are the people that Jesus keeps offending and keeps getting angry at and keeps getting cross at. The religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Nice doesn't allow us to be angry. The message of Christianity isn't always nice. It's not always politically correct. And it will offend. It will offend people. Our message... Because we have a Christianity that gets angry. We're told not to get angry, are we? But there's some anger that's right. There's some anger that's good. If you ask somebody what makes them angry, that's where their passion will lie. 
Whenever I speak to students at school and um, I get them to write their values and their beliefs and, and what makes them tick, and they say, oh, I'm not really sure. I said, well, what gets you angry? And they'll, they'll say something. I said, well, that, that, that will be it. Poverty, injustice, inequality, whatever it is. Boys sitting next to them, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. That makes them angry. I said, what makes you angry? But Christianity, the, the Christianity I read about gets angry. It gets angry at injustice. It gets angry at poverty. It gets angry that people are oppressed and hurt and beaten and abused. Jesus got angry. It wasn't a nice Christianity. It's a Christianity that gets angry that 3,287 new slaves will be made today. Kidnapped and sold today. When we go to bed at night, tonight, and we put our heads on the pillow, 3,287 people will be made slaves today. Do we sit back and just have a nice Christianity? 3,287 people will be taken. Can you imagine being taken? Trafficked. Trafficked. The definition of traffic means obtaining a person for labour or services through forced means, through fraud, for the purpose of involuntary servitude or slavery. Imagine being taken every day. 3,287 people are taken. And the face of human immigration today is female. The face of poverty today is female. And the face of human trafficking is female. Women today are as oppressed as they've ever been. Even in our nice, modern, progressive, developed society. It's still happening. And the largest illegal industry used to be the illegal arms industry. But it's been way surpassed by human trafficking. That industry is happening today. You know, in 1995 to 2005, 2.5 million people were trafficked. They were taken. So 2.5 million in 10 years, taken from everything they knew, lost their identity, lost their dignity, lost what it means to be human. Trafficking in the UK, it's about 946 victims. They're the ones that have come for referral that we know. But the big trafficking guns are China, Nigeria, Eastern Europe. And they're trafficking mainly women, mainly children, into Western Europe. And these people think they're coming for a new life. They think they're coming for something good, with a new hope and a new promise. But it's not the case. Far removed from that. You know what? Today, people are even trafficked for human organ transplant. Around our world today, imagine being taken because someone's going to use you. The Christianity that gets involved in this is not nice Christianity. It's not the nice Christianity that sings three hymns on a Sunday, has a few prayers, 
sort of nice Christianity that's got all the latest gadgets and gizmos and what have you. It's not the nice Christianity that goes for the feel-good factor and the glory, glory, hallelujah, and aren't we all brilliant and blessed? But forgets about the outcast, forgets about the vulnerable, doesn't care about them, doesn't even think about them, is not even on its radar, pursuing our own goals, pursuing our own destiny, our own dreams, our own desires of what God can give to me, our pleasure... That's not the Christianity that gets involved in this. The nice, easy Christianity. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the hands-on, it's the get-your-hands-dirty Christianity that gets involved. And I think that we want to be a part of that. You know, there are folks that get offended when we talk about human trafficking. There are people that get offended when we talk about the sex industry. They'd rather not hear about it. They'd rather not hear. They, they care, and it's a burden, and isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's a problem, it's a difficulty, but I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I just want to worship God. I just want to worship God. Well, you know what? Quite frankly... Quite frankly, in the name of Jesus, I'd like to hit them. And it'd be great if we could have a day set aside in the Bible that just said you can hit someone. I go, yes, amen. <laughs> Quite frankly, that attitude, I detest that attitude. Yeah, it's a burden. Yeah, it's a burden. But all I want to do is worship God. All I want to do is get what I can get out of this. I want my needs to be met. I want my desires to be fulfilled. The sit around Christianity that talks about the problems but doesn't do anything. What a waste of time, Christianity. And that's not what we're about, is it? That's not what we're about. Because we have a command. We have a command. Go and obey everything I have commanded you. Everything. To care, to love, to reach out, to respond, to do something in this world. It's an all or nothing Christianity and it's not nice at times. It's just not a nice, I'll come to church once a week and that's okay. It's not nice to our ears, to our hearts, to our hands to get involved. But that's what we're in. That's what we're in. That's what the message of the Bible is. And if we want to be a part of something that is just a nice thing to make us feel good, to make us feel warm and fuzzy, and I love those times... (laughs) where I feel warm and fuzzy and everything's good and I feel God. I mean, they're great times. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying we don't have that. We do. But if it's just that, if it's just that we want, there are places we can go to have that type of Christianity. But not here. Not in Delancey. Not in this church. Because we're part of something bigger. We have a reason. We have a cause We're told to command everything, to do everything. 
Great Commission. Teach them to obey everything I commanded you. It's an everything Christianity. It's not always a nice Christianity. It gets involved in the things that really, really matter. The things that really concern God. When you read the Old Testament and you see angry God and you see God of judgment and God of punishment, why is that? Why is that? Because the people of the time are neglecting the poor and they're neglecting the needy and they're abusing people and they're forgetting the widows and they're forgetting to do what God has wanted them to do, forgetting to respond to the needs that are around them. And it angers God and it still angers God. We still have a God who can get angry. Why? Because of injustice, because of inequality, because of seeing his children, his precious ones being taken and sold. Why should anyone be sold? Nobody should be sold. It is wrong. And we are the church. And we are God's plan to tackle this. Look at us. <laughs> We're God's plan. Isn't that amazing? That's a privilege. It's a privilege that we've been called to stand up and to speak out for those who cannot stand up for themselves, who cannot speak up for themselves. We are the people to do that. We are the people in the privileged position in the island of Guernsey. What a lovely place to stand up for people. That's why the Lord's Lord is so wonderful. Because <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? It's dirty hands, Christianity, getting involved, doing something, being a part of people's lives, presenting the message of Christ to people. Are we up for that? And everything, Christianity. I want to uh, show you a little video clip. And uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. But this is about, uh, just a clip about human trafficking, about getting involved in that. Thank you. Our denomination, Elam, International Missions, is doing something to try and help this problem. And it's called the Freedom Project. Um, Hope for Justice is another organisation that they're working with. It's called the Freedom Project, and we as a church want to be a part of supporting the Freedom Project to do what we can do, because we want to be a dirty hands Christianity. It's the kind of Christianity we want to be a part of. And the Freedom Project is helping children, women, men, who are being sold into slavery, who are being trafficked, who are being exploited today, even as we gather here. And they're helping in Cambodia, they're helping in India, they're helping in the Congo. And when we think about this massive problem of 3,287 people today being sold into the slavery, it's hard for us to say, well, what can I do? 
What can I do? I want to help. I want to be a part of that. You know, it's not a cop-out to say, we'll pray for it. That's not a cop-out. That's really important. If we really believe in an almighty God who is powerful enough to change situations, then praying is important. Praying is going to help the situation. We need to pray. And that is a good thing to do. So often you hear people go, well, all I can do is pray. And I say, yes, but you can pray. (laughs) And that's brilliant. You can pray. So we can do that. We can do that. And we can raise awareness of this issue. And I think that's important. Making people know this happens. This is still happening. We thought we'd abolish slavery. But slavery is still as great as it ever was. But it's underground. And people need to know. People don't know always about human trafficking and the problem. So raising awareness is good. And we can do that. You can sign up to the Freedom Project, uh, International Missions. You can get information and get sent through things to pray for and and to see what's going on and what's happening and what they're doing in this area. And I've made it really easy so that when you leave today, as you go out the door, there's a sheet there where you can put your name and your email address. And I will do the rest. So you can sign up to hear what's happening in the Freedom Project what's going on in Elim International Missions. We're a part of that. Isn't that exciting that we're a part of that? When you put your money in the globes and I send that money off, that, that goes towards this. It's a part of that bigger picture. And we can do that. And you can also give. And I've also made it really easy. Because as you go through the door today, there's a stack of these standing order forms. And we can give financially to this. And not all of us are going to choose to do that. I absolutely know that. I mean, so many flyers come through your door about charities and organisations to give to, and we've all got stuff we give to. And we, we can't sign up to every charity, otherwise there'd be heaps. But some of us might be able to. Some of us might be able to think, you know what, actually, I wouldn't miss £5 a month. And I could put that towards this project. I wouldn't even miss £10 or £20 a month. So I could sign up for that. So there are things we can do. There are practical things and there are things that can help. You know, just a little bit of money can go a long way. You know, Elim International Missions are trying to rescue these girls and then rehabilitate them and give them trade and give them work again. Anything for... £25 will help that will help with the sewing project for these women. In the Congo, it's, it costs £300. £300 for surgery for a woman who's been raped to get her life back again. This project needs our finances as well. So we can do that. It might be something that we can do. All I want to say today, and what's challenged my heart of late, is kind of what Christianity do I want to be a part of? What Christianity do I want to be a part of? Because sometimes I get so absorbed in my own world, 
so absorbed with what's going on for me and what's happening with me. And it's nice to come every week to church and it's good to pray and meet with, but that's it. And I look at my Bible and I read Jesus' life and I see something different. I see something different. And I see a Christianity that says we are not going to put up with this. We are not going to put up with inequality. We are not going to put up with this human trafficking any longer. We're going to do something. Let's do something. Let's be a part of that Christianity that obeys everything that God's commanded. So often, Christians are concerned with obeying the morals, obeying what we should and shouldn't do, shouldn't lie or shouldn't steal, shouldn't swear. Well, you know what? I'm not saying we should go and do all those things because that's part of it. But if that's the only part of it, then we've missed it because we're commanded to do more. We're commanded for active service. That's what we're commanded for. Commanded to actually go and do something and help the vulnerable, the poor, the oppressed. Because Jesus said, on the day of judgment, I will separate the sheep from the goats. And what makes the, what makes the difference? It's those who clothed people. It's those who visited those in prison. It's those who helped the sick. It's those who helped the vulnerable. That's what makes the difference. Not whether you ever swore. You're going to think I'm condoning swearing. I'm not. (laughs) But that's what makes a difference. Active service. So come on, church. Let's be a part of that. Because that's exciting. That's where it's at. So what can we do? What can we do today? Are you going to go away today and think, golly, gosh, that was a nice sermon. Thanks. Or are we going to go away today and say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to commit myself to pray for this or I'm going to commit myself to give to this or I'm going to put my name up on that news um, letter and I'm going to get a newsletter each month to see what's going on and take an interest in this topic, this issue. What are we going to do? Let's do something. Let's do something. I'm going to play a track and this is where I'm going to finish. And it's just a song. And as we play this song... I just want us to pray by ourselves for this. Because we can do that today, can't we? We can do that. And it has a line here that says, Great God, wrap your arms around the world tonight. And when you hear our cries, will you sing through the night so we can join in your song and sing along? What a prayer. God, wrap your arms around this world tonight. This world needs God. This world needs our message. This world needs the hope that we found Our world needs it. And as we pray, God, as you hear our cries, as you hear our prayers today, God, will you sing through the night so that we can join with you, God, and sing along? What lovely lyrics. So let's just do that. Let's just pray now. Not just pray. Sorry, Brian. Let's pray now for this. Thank you. Lord, we want to pray for this situation. We want to pray for people around the world today, for young and for old, who are trapped, who have been taken, 
who are facing darkness and despair and hopelessness. Lord, we want to lift these people to you. And although they're nameless and they're faceless to us, Lord, you know their name. You know their face. You know their circumstance and their situation today. And you are there with them. You are a God who gets involved in our suffering and our pain. And you are shedding tears over them right now, Lord. I pray our hearts would break for what breaks your heart. I pray that our hearts would cry in the way that your heart cries. Lord, we lift these people to you. We lift this problem, this difficulty, this thing that is so overwhelming. We lift it to you and God, we cry out and say, Lord, we don't actually really know what to say, but God, would you move? And God, would you do something? And would you change this? And God, would you inspire us? And would you help us to know what to do? And challenge us and cause us to be stirred, to pray and to give and to raise awareness. God, your work in our lives is amazing. We have been transformed. Our message is one of hope and glory. And we want to share that. We want to give that out to the, to the world. It says in Psalm 103 that the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. God wants justice for people. And he does it. He works it out. He works the righteousness out. But he's chosen us to be a part of that. He's chosen us. We're the body of Jesus Christ on earth to do his work. To obey everything that he has commanded us to do. Today, God, we pray that we'd be people who are everything people. Everything people. We're not perfect. But we do want to try to be everything people. Amen. Amen.